Yeah, I know how you people feel about me. And Mr. Regal, I know how you feel about me too. Because every week, I see you sitting back there talking like if you had some time with me, you could make me a star. But what do you think about me now, Mr. Regal? You know, you've been doing a lot of talking right now. How about I show you what it's like to be a star? I show you whenever you're ready. The last thing he wants is me climbing into that ring and turning him into a bloody vegetable. The future is now. Welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT. It's your boy Nando Kid. Hey man, you know you're really good at that uh, that introduction voice, man. Like, <laughs> hey man, I'm just I, sitting back and I was just listening to it. I was like, hey man, that's good. <laughs> hey man, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> and it's your boy, uh, uh Larry Cannon. Uh. Mr. Steal Your Girl. <laughs> Mr. Steal Your Girl, boy. I'm telling you. Way back in 2011. Dude, I I don't know how much longer he's going to do this gimmick, but I think he's finally fitting. Uh, I, I think he's finally getting into the groove with the whole thing, you know? I think it took him a while, but now after a couple of weeks, I think he's really feeling it, you know? I think he believes it now. <laughs> That's oh. what, it's it's like really embracing like that side of his there whole. it is man like whatever your gimmick is like you gotta when you're performing it and you're presenting it you gotta believe it mm-hmm. for during that time like look man like the godfather bro like when he's oh, yeah, out yeah. there he's like look man i'm a pimp right now yeah because the undertaker is dead like, <laughs> he's, like he's gonna be dead I'm dead right i'm dead right now dude like <laughs> I've, you know, but then when he go home and he's just Mark, he's just Mark, <laughs> Mister Callaway. <laughs> you know, man, when he out there selling him homes, he not dead, he alive. <laughs> I, I really want to meet someone who's bought a house from Mark Callaway, <laughs> just just to see how that whole experience was like. And I'm I'm talking Ooh. about like talking to him back in the day when he was still like keeping. Uh, kayfabe because like nowadays it, it's not as special but back then yeah that would have been pretty funny back in the day or right now it's just like oh man you you used to be the undertaker right it's like yeah yeah but back then it was probably like you still doing that huh <laughs> it's like the homes come with the tombstone <laughs> It's a it's a whole all inclusive package. <laughs> uh, you get like a tombstone, uh, like a casket, a nice like cage, uh, like you know a hell in a cell cage, and like some purple gloves for gardening. <laughs> all of it. Uh, but yeah. So I think if we ever visit Texas, we're gonna have to go see if we can uh, try to 
find a home from Mr. Taker. <laughs> I, of course. Absolutely. I wonder if he's like uh I wonder if he sells in like like where he sells them at. Like, does he sell luxury homes? Like mm. you know what I mean? Like what kind of homes can you buy from Mark Calloway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Well, We'll see. We'll see on the next trip if we head out to Houston. I think he's in Houston, from what I remember. I mean, that's just we just know where he's from. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't know if he's. <laughs> I don't know if he still live in Houston, Texas. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah. So uh, <laughs> on this week's episode, I, I guess we'll get right into uh, the thick, <laughs> the thick of it. Um, so this is. NXT episode 60 uh episode 6 in season 5 this one happened on April 12 2011 at the Times Union Center in Albany New York uh and I know you recently went to New York for the first time but I don't think you went to Albany right hell, hell no I was in um I was in New York City proper ah okay so I guess Albany is god knows where but like <laughs> I only know our Albany here in in uh, California in the Bay Area. <laughs> I I barely know ours. So. <laughs> I I know people who live there, but I've never. May, I I'm pretty sure I passed by it, but not like actually going there. There's there's a bowling alley out there, uh huh, and like that's all I know. And I I think I used to um I used to work with these dudes who were from like Albany, Pinole, Richmond, like that whole like little cluster of cities that like. People who live in Hayward don't really got no business being there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's true. But I mean, yeah, that was Albany. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so now we're going to the sister city of Albany, New York. <laughs> uh, so the the show starts off pretty cool, man. I you know what? Spoiler alert! I I really like this episode, and I think what helped it was um this this little recap video that they did here because. It's been a couple of weeks since we last recorded, so uh, this actually caught me up on like what where we last left off and kind of recapping the whole Ted DiBiase, Maurice, and Yoshitatsu storyline and Lucky Cannon, I guess too. Um, so I think it did a pretty good job of recapping that whole thing and kind of setting up the stage for what they're about to do on the um, Power of the Punch challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the recap also kind of goes over um, Maurice's, or I should say Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase Jr.'s ultimative to Maurice, where, because like she's still kind of messing with him, it, it was more of, all right, either you stay with me or you stay on NXT or, or whatever, mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever it was. Uh, what, did, what did he say? What did he say? He said, it's NXT or me yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) so he gave her an ultimative they started off the show right right on on uh on topic so they they had mad striker kind of like chatted up and then basically just asked her like okay so what's it gonna be and then maurice just kind of said like well i've dated millionaires before and I'm, i'm gonna date more millionaires after this so I'm going to I'm going to stay with NXT. I guess she was right cuz I'm pretty sure the Miz is a millionaire. I was going to say like you, you think the Miz is a millionaire? I'm, I'm pretty like, sure. You know, she she could have like she may have just like foretold her own future right there. Yeah. <laughs> cuz I'm pretty sure especially with the reality show money and like the dancing with the stars money, I, I think he's I think he's pretty set. <laughs> Don't forget about the Marine, man. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> the, 
those royalty checks. <laughs> yeah, don't don't forget about that. You know, you know what? The Miz got to be a millionaire, bro. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way in hell the Miz ain't making a million dollars a year. Like, oh yeah, his WWE contract might be a million dollars. Like, mm-hmm. I would I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, at this point. Uh, so yeah, they come out for the power of the punch challenge. Uh, we've seen this throughout uh, every season of NXT. Uh, and a shout out to our boy Byron Saxon repping his shirts as always with his sa- sax out tap out inspired t-shirt. Uh, his like sex sex out sex out sex out. What, Genius. What was funny is I think this was before they even do they own they own tap out now right? Yeah because so uh, tap out went out of business mm-hmm. and WWE like bought them again and like rebranded them kind of mm-hmm. so like they they own the rights to tap out but it's like almost like a like a different entity but it's still the same it's the same tap out that we all know and love I guess yeah but like they own tap out now yeah yeah okay yeah I was just making sure because I think during this period they still didn't own it so I think this was before Nah, this is before because the commercials for uh, like you know I mean, like Dolph Ziggler's hit the push-ups <laughs> and then like they had like Charlotte Flair in those commercials. So oh, this, yeah, this yeah. is before for sure. I remember Del Rio and like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, <laughs> they had Del Rio in there, and then they had like Alicia Fox. Oh yeah. Well they had everybody in the tap out commercials, fool. You wouldn't nobody if you didn't have a tap out, cuz. Come on, man. I forgot. Shit, even Jason Jordan was in the tap out commercials. He was, he was. Dang, it's fu- it's a, it's funny how like old and new that that whole thing is. Now that I think about it, right? Like it's kind of like right in the cusp of being like in the middle of like the new era, but you still had like Ziggler and I think Cesaro was in it. Yeah, Cena was in there doing squats. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man, they was getting down with the tap out here. I still don't got none of that stuff. I don't, I don't think I've ever had a tap out thing ever. Uh, I never even had the original run of tap out stuff. Oh yeah, same, same. At this point, they kind of go over the standings, and Titus O'Neil is in the lead still. Uh, they they start punching, and I think it was Novak. I think it was Novak that had like a a pretty weak like punch, and then uh, Matt Stryker had said like, oh, you know the the person who we named this challenge after probably wouldn't be too happy with that score. And then they do a close up on William Regal, and I really like Todd uh, Grisham's kind of like response to it. Like r- right away, he was like, "Hey man, that was a nice like close up shot of you. You look pretty handsome there." He's like, "I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I like how that was like a genuine comment. Like you could tell, like he really just said that on the top of his dome. You know, hey man, <laughs> on your mark, get set, go." That was really weak. Couldn't break the skin on the rice pudding, man. Four fifty-six. Byron is still in the lead. You know, the man who named this challenge, William Regal, of course, probably wouldn't be very impressed with you, Jacob. Absolutely. But here we go, Darren. That was a nice shot of you. You You look good tonight. Handsome, aren't you? My mother always says so. Three, go. Like complimenting his his uh, broadcast partner and everything. <laughs> Fire. Uh, so after that, then we had I believe it was um, Connor who got the the highest score after that. But then Titus ended up doing the the challenge last and and actually broke the record at eight oh one. Mister Delish, of course, didn't want to compete 
and just kind of like forfeited again. Was that like the record record ever or like the record for his show? I believe it was. Oh, yeah. So good point, because even Todd had asked that. He was like, hey, Stryker, is that like a new record? And then Stryker was like, yes, this is like actually the new record. And then uh, Todd Grisham had made a joke. See, if you if you yell really loud, he'll he'll hear you. But it goes back to that whole thing of like the they're probably like mic'd up to each other. He's mic'd up. Yeah. 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 So I, I like that part. Uh, yeah, so I think it was because from what I remember, all the numbers stayed in like the 700 range. So I think this was the first time that it actually hit the 800. So he actually legit broke the record. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, so after that, then they kind of continue on with Mr. Delish because um, he started like, you know, started hitting on Maurice again. And then all of a sudden Yoshitatsu comes out to confront him. And then, you know, they kind of uh, go back and forth. And then after a while, he challenges them to a, a match uh, on the main event for the, for the episode. So we're going to see those guys go one on one with each other later on in the show. But the first match up here, we had um, the clash of the primetime players again, actually. <laughs> what is this part three at this point? Yeah. So this is. This is part three because even Todd had mentioned that this is the third time where this is the second singles one, or I should say this the second one on one match that they've had with each other, and they also were like in a in a tag team match against each other. Um, so this would make it like, and that's all this season because yeah. they weren't on any season together, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So gotcha. Third time uh, throughout this season. Uh, so to kind of start off the match, they did also another good job of recapping the storyline between them and uh hornswoggle and chavo uh so last last time that they had fought then hornswoggle kind of distracted um uh darren young to to get titus the victory in that matchup after uh before the matchup titus or i should say uh darren young is uh cutting a promo basically on hornswoggle just kind of like punking him out and, and calling him like a bootleg uh leprechaun <laughs> Uh, yeah, he walked. He walked the whole ring, just kind of like berating him. Like, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and then uh, Chavo was kind of playing the peacemaker through throughout this whole segment here, where he was telling him like, you know, hey, calm down. Like I know he, he said, oh whoa, man, <laughs> whoa, you're going too far, champ. You're going too far. <laughs> so yeah, Chavo playing kind of the face here. I, I forget that he was like a face sometimes. I'm I'm so used to Chavo being like a heel like throughout his whole career. Uh, it's you know what honestly it's uh it's primarily his like WWE career because I remember when he was in WCW and he had uh the little horse Pepe oh like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a face because he was always against because he was always small he was like Chavito yeah so. yeah 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 I, I I remember that too um so yeah to kind of start off this matchup they they do like a pretty good amount of exchanges um. They, they, what do you call that move when it's like kind of like a a headlock, but it was it's more like he's upward. I I I don't know what it's called. Like if it's just like a inverted, like yeah, yeah. He was holding him like this way, but he's still like lower than him. It's a um. So if you're looking at what I'm doing right here, like you got his head like right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then their arms are like kind of like this, and they're like wrenching like that. Yeah. That's a uh, that's a that's a cravat. Ah. I don't know why it has such a difficult name. Yeah, yeah but that's yeah. a that's a cravat. That's like 
C R A. It's like crevate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was like something I I think I've seen, but not on a regular. I think that's that's been interesting seeing modern wrestling compared to like yeah doing these retro episodes is that you see moves that i think we've grown up seeing especially like in the 90s and early 2000s um but you forget how much the styles actually do change throughout the years or like they don't really pull that move off in in modern wrestling and uh a couple other moves that we've seen throughout this season that doesn't really get used that much uh in modern wrestling i got a um i got an example for the cravat too so like um they taught us the cravat when we train. Yeah. So like uh, Vinny taught us that. It's funny because I had just found like my notebook with all like the moves that I wrote down in there. Yeah. And then uh, so they taught us the cravat and it was like some people in there had never even seen it. And it's like, mm. okay, you know, now that you think about it, people just don't do cravats like that. Like what the other day we was talking about the abdominal stretch. Like who really do that outside of yeah, yeah. Big E? You know what I mean? And he don't even barely really do the abdominal stretch no more. Like it's not a... I, I like women do the abdominal stretch. They'll do the abdominal stretch or they'll do like the um they'll get a leg up and do the octopus hold. Mm-hmm. So like I feel like women do the abdominal stretch more than men nowadays. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, it's it's just interesting like kind of seeing these um holds and and just different moves that like yeah, it, it gets kind of switched out here and there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like there, I feel like, you know, there are just certain there's a certain like standard of where match has to be. Mm-hmm. Like, even though the indie scene is vastly different from the like TV scene, yeah. I guess you, you, if you want to split that up, you, the there's still just like a basic match structure that is like followed throughout like everything. You could just kind of like see it take place and like, you know, like we were just saying, certain moves just get outdated and I guess get replaced with other moves. Like, mm-hmm. don't nobody really hit DDTs like that no more. Like, yeah, yeah unless yeah. you're spinning. Like, nobody just goes for the kick the gut DDT no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's got true. replaced by a super kick. So, <laughs> everything is <laughs> just super kicks. <laughs> um, well, everybody doing super kicks, baby. Yeah. <laughs> then, um, Will- William Regal actually does pretty, like, I'm going to go out and say it that I really, really like William Regal on this whole episode. Um, but it kind of started off here, too, where he kind of brought up uh, Titus's like trunks and like what the Omega um, logo meant. So he was saying like, oh, so this is actually like his um, his old fraternity. And he was saying like, this is actually the largest African-American fraternity uh, ever. So like, I thought that was really Michael cool. Jordan is a uh, Michael Jordan is a Omega. Oh, that's pretty dope yeah 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 so i again like i didn't know and i really i really like how the Mm -hmm. the comments ah that makes more sense yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the omega thing Mm, okay yeah so see regal and the commentary team really just like putting the knowledge out i was uh i was very impressed that the that that was mentioned i was like oh man you know what he's absolutely right yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, good job, <laughs> sir. Good job. Uh, so in the uh, final sequence here, we had Hornswoggle again distract Darren Young out of nowhere, and then of course Titus hits him with, you know what, you know what it is, <laughs> the most dead. Like he didn't even go for his finisher. He said, you know what, I have, to, I have to do this today. <laughs> I have to really shut him down. And you know what, he went for it. He got that roll up in. 
one, two, three, baby. Like it just he dead did that that uh that feud, I guess. But then he got attacked at the end. So it's like yeah, that's yeah. how mad that's how mad he was. He's like, I can't believe you used that move on me. Yeah. Yeah. So he attacks uh Titus after the match and um then he really starts getting into character again because he like starts like punking out uh Hornswoggle and looks like he was about to punch him until Chavo stopped him. But again, I really like Re- William Regal here. I-, I might play some some snippets here, but he was kind of saying like, dude, I'm I'm really disturbed by Darren Young's eyes and he- there's a lot of hate going on right now. So he really sold like Darren Young's demeanor and his facials there. And I thought both guys did like a really good job there of like Darren Young portraying that and then William Regal like selling it at that point. Hornswoggle doesn't have his much larger friend to stand up for him. The eyes of Darren Young there, that you know, people say they tell the soul and sheer hatred in those eyes. Just really exploded here. Frustration seeping through the pores of Darren Young and he almost took it out on defenseless Hornswoggle. I'm very disturbed to look into the eyes of Darren Young now. That is a man who has hate on his mind. And it can go nowhere. This is going to be turning to no good. I'm telling you. Yeah, definitely. Because whereas uh, it, it could have been looked at it like Darren Young was out of nowhere with that personality shift, almost mm. the the commentary from Regal really helped like supplant or like supplement all of that to kind of like push the agenda over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, so I think that's the the match. Probably is going to get like a lower score on my end, but I think just the psychology of it is going to go up just because of of the story that they're telling and uh, and the the performances so far for sure. So after that, we have Mister Jacob Novak going up against Byron Saxton. Uh, did you want to take this one here? Oh yeah, man. Um, so this was an interesting matchup. We got a uh, Jacob Novak coming out with JTG. JTG introduced Mr. Novak as uh, some interesting nicknames there. He called him. <laughs> um, I the main ones I remember were Headcrack Novak. Yeah. And 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 then like Jay Nosey, because he did like the little cocaine snort. And I was like, come on, dog. This is this is this children watching this, man. Come on. <laughs> But no, he came out and then he basically kind of looked like a. I thought he looked like a a, a teenage version of Big Cass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like that, I got a I got a good little pop out of that. Um, that was really cool. He came out. They showed William Regal because then he cut like a long promo. He was like, no, you know, he starts talking to uh Regal on the sideline. Yeah, and then they look at Regal's face and he's just like unamused the whole time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. Um, we get Byron Saxon out with Yoshitatsu on his side. Byron Saxon matches, like, I really want to know what happened to him because mm-hmm. he's not bad between the ropes, but just maybe it was just his look and everything just wasn't needed. But I I think after watching Byron Saxon as closely as we have, like, I'm a Byron Saxon fan between oh, yeah. the ropes. No, I so, agree. like, um... I thought it was a good matchup there. Novak was looking a little bit more comfortable in there. I mean, oddly enough, he's wearing like these boots and like jeans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess it, it made him a little more like, oh, look, I'm just wearing regular clothes. But hey, um, that was really dope. I thought they were having a good uh, like, I mean, it's not like it was a five star match or anything like that, but it was it was a good back and forth. Mm-hmm. I thought 
And then, uh, you know, we got a good, nice spinning back elbow by Byron Saxon. Yeah. Um, Novak essentially not only used his boots to his advantage, he kind of like uses boots to get the finish. Yeah. Because he's like, uh, so we get like a slip up from Byron. He goes for like a jumping flatliner at some point. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Closing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in the closing sequence, uh, Novak, you know, he shoved Saxon into the ropes. And then he just like kicks him three times. Like when he's like, he just kicks him one. He kicked him once to get him up, like another time to get him higher. And then he kicked him again. And it was like, oh, okay, that was dope. It was What's he gonna do cool. after that? I, I really like that like, sequence. Oh, man, what you gonna do after that? And then he pinned him. And it was like one, two, three. I was like, oh, yeah. He really put the boots to him. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's like, Ooh, damn. That's that's a good way to sell that. Like, cause you know, sometimes I think it's cool when you use moves other than like signatures, the the most devastating move, <laughs> and like somebody else's is like you know signature or whatever, like the drill in that point. Yeah. But like when you could just win with what obviously looks like it should work in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Like, look, man, I'm wearing boots. Yeah. Really thick boots if i kick you a few times you should lose yeah so like just to kind of see that work out was really cool i think you know kind of those those hints of realism are always good to have yeah yeah yeah. no i agree like it it finally made sense and yeah literally like commentary was also kind of telling that story of like hey man like since he's been like using that new look and using the boots, like it seems like it's he's using it to uh, his advantage and everything. Um, then after the matchup, like William Regal is still kind of like pissed off from like the comments that he had told him before the matchup, because it seems like they're setting up like a storyline between William Regal and Jacob Novak now. Uh, so I, I like the little um, seeds planted there that like, I don't know if it's going to actually happen, but at least like they kind of started it with this, this whole um, segment here before they like abandoned it. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. That's why I'm saying like, if they continue, then it's a good setup, but I have no clue if they actually do. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so from there, we actually go into a very interesting um, moment in, in the world of wrestling. Um, I'm not going to go over it, word for word just because it's not a part of the nxt uh lure and canon i guess but this is actually a pretty monumental week in uh in 2011 because this is actually when edge retired uh so yeah so he retired uh the night before uh, on monday monday night raw and um i know you and i have talked about like how we don't like when they play the full segments from like something that had just happened the night before on raw but i think these are probably the exceptions because it's like a once in a lifetime kind of moment. Yeah. yeah. Like, especially, especially it being 2010. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't think everybody really had their, um, their like TiVo game up like that. Like recording TV really wasn't, I don't remember it being as widely kind of like around for cable networks to do, mm-hmm. but you know, to, to see that if you didn't see it, was like oh, okay all right i see why you would do this for for nxt mm-hmm. i remember seeing it i didn't watch it uh this time around yeah, yeah because i remembered watching it live yeah same here and then i i remember i didn't see it coming i was just sitting there like watching raw and it's like oh man itch has an announcement and i was like oh shit for real and then he came <laughs> out and he just and he like retired and it's like bro i just watched you on wrestlemania the night before yeah yeah, yeah. beat alberto del rio in the first match yeah yeah 
Yeah, it's uh, and it's like damn dog. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy, and I the same thing too. Like I remember being like it came literally out of nowhere, but I'm pretty sure like especially back then, I know that the internet was still a thing, but back then I really didn't pay attention to any like um message boards or or anything so to me it was like a legit like shock um it's not like nowadays where social media will tell you everything um so it was definitely like a surprise when like that whole thing happened but um it's pretty crazy to think that yeah that was pretty much 10 years ago or over 10 years ago now um and now kind of seeing literally where we saw him come back at uh at the rumble yeah uh, in person so it's just been pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, no. So that was that was cool, like to kind of revisit that mentally, kind of. So that was dope. Yeah. So after that, we get into the main event that they uh, announced earlier. So it'll be Lucky Canning going going up against Yoshitatsu. So uh, before the match started, we had Maurice join the commentary team, and um, Todd Grisham got uh, kisses on the cheek from Maurice. They were kind of. It's the French way. It, it's it the is French the, way. It is the French way. <laughs> uh, they had some pretty funny back and forth between the the three commentators throughout the matchup. So I I, I thought that was pretty uh, funny and entertaining. Um, we had um, a pretty interesting start where uh, Lucky Cannon. I don't know if he's done this before, but he literally hit two back to back neck breakers on Yoshitatsu. Um, I thought that was kind of effective because after that he was pretty much in control of like the match i would say probably like 80 percent of the matchup so if they were selling that as like the reason why it kind of makes sense because a neck breaker alone is supposed to be like a devastating move and to do like back-to-back ones it kind of makes sense that like if he was like loopy or or totally out of it at that point the neck breaker is the greatest regular move in wrestling history Mm -hmm. because it's not good enough anymore to be a finisher like nobody should just finish matches with the neck breaker yeah, yeah, yeah. power bombs power drivers still work neck breaker died with the honky tonk <laughs> but like, yeah 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 <laughs> died with him but it's still just a great like you know what i'm wearing you down move yeah yeah if if it was no mercy it would be like a medium move that starts like moving the meter a little bit more into there you go i was gonna say like (laughs) it's not a strong grapple move like but you know it's a solid like you know medium grapple move like ooh, you got a neck breaker in your arsenal okay yeah yeah, okay yeah yeah, yeah. so it's 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 the one that starts making a little bit of of movement it's not gonna tip the scale but it's 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 starting to move the bar a little bit at that point real g's know that you gotta have a neck breaker for a weak grapple a weak medium grapple and a ddt for a strong grapple yeah yeah real ones real ones know (laughs) i i think if we even want to go even uh, even more back i think in in uh wwf Warzone, if you did a neck breaker that would actually like kill a whole bar or like at least half a that bar was, yeah because you had to do like the special input for the neck breaker yeah yeah yeah. so i think that one did some legit damage in that game <laughs> listen to the name bro it's the neck breaker <laughs> it's not the neck massager the neck stunt neck drop no it's the neck breaker is there to break your neck son? <laughs> enough said <laughs> enough said like come on red neck breakers are g dude we need poor people we need somebody to just invent the reverse stunner which is just a neck breaker but you got to go around kicking people in their back and then, like giving them a, a neck breaker from there yeah yeah <laughs> neck breaker <laughs> um 
so yeah, he, he uh, Lucky Cannon pretty much remains in control throughout the whole matchup until um, he starts getting cocky when they go to the outside. So he starts like uh, showboating in front of like Maurice and just trying to, um, you know, impress her. But then uh, he's trying to, I forget what move he's trying to do, but then uh, Yoshitatsu reverses it and then he throws him into the corner post on the outside. Yoshitatsu finally gets it, gets the advantage there, uh, brings him in the ring, does a couple more strikes. Then he uh, kicks him in the corner, and then that pretty much sets up the closing sequence where Yoshitatsu goes up to the top rope and hits that super uh, super model kick, is what I call it. <laughs> the uh, spinning. Uh, it, so is it spinning wheel kick or spinning heel kick? Wh- which is it? That's the beauty. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Because as soon as you asked, I was like, "That's the beauty, bro." I've heard both. You get him with the spinning wheel kick, you get him with the spinning heel kick, all of that, man. I'm sorry, man. I would love it if because I used to wonder. Oh, I was like, "Is a spinning wheel, spinning heel? What are you saying?" I would love it if the commentators kept the continuity, and if it was a heel, then it would be the spinning heel kick. But that's G. Yeah. If like a heel does it, oh, it's a spin- Spinning heel kick, yeah. but then if like a face does it, spinning wheel kick. Because I've heard wheel kick, I've heard it too. Like yeah. I've, spinning, I think I don't know. I've heard bo- spinning. I, I'm pretty heel. sure I've heard both, but who knows? Yeah, because like if you break down a heel kick, a heel kick is like a or a spinning heel kick technically would be like the rolling soul bat or so bat that Chris Jericho does. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like the, that's or the technically one, or the, a spin, <laughs> or the one Ryan did all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the G one right there. The low, the low spinning heel kick. Yep, that's what that is. Low soul bat. What is that? It's like is it soul bat? Like I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that even mean? <laughs> all right, so if yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you broke it down. We're like. If you want to be super technical, that's what it is. But uh, I, I would still allow both names at that point. So nobody knows, man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he he uh, lands that and, and gets the victory at two minutes even. And then uh, post match, we uh, Yoshitatsu finally gets what he wants. He um, gets a big old kiss from Maurice, and then um, everyone does their job and sells that like like crazy because you have the commentators selling it you have uh yoshitatsu of course selling the reaction you have luck uh or i should say yeah y- yoshitatsu selling the reaction you have lucky mm-hmm. cannon like selling the the heat for it of just like being super upset that that it happened so i thought everyone did their part of, uh to kind of put this whole like gimmick over i think you kind of won me over too man because uh, i know i had a lower score. Oh, I had a lower score for production entertainment. Yeah. And I went and moved that up a little. Yeah, dude, I, uh, yeah, I'm just talking. I, all right. So, so we'll go, we'll go straight to that because I think we've kind of like covered everything. And I think we're going to, it looks like we want to talk a little bit more about the recap of the show. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, let's go into that. So for matches and commentary, I ended up, so I didn't I didn't think it was like anything uh super crazy for commentary and matches. 
I ended up giving this a 3.5. So nice. I didn't think that the the matches were like how we mentioned, like anything super crazy. But I did like how it was consistent and there were three matches this week. So now now that we're done with like uh, WrestleMania promotion season, it seems like they are kind of getting back to normal of like kind of filling these episodes again with regular content. Mm-hmm. So I did like that. We finally got three matches. Uh, I, I would think two out of the three stood out to me a little bit more. But what really sold me on this episode was the commentary. Like I really love William Regal's commentary on not only the matches, but throughout like all the segments. And then same thing, like the chemistry between Todd and, and Regal is definitely gelling a lot more on this one um that i i thought they did the perfect combination of being really like entertaining but also very like uh wrestling analysis analytical yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so that's why i kind of like i bumped it up higher just because of the commentary like if it was just matches alone it would have been like either yeah like a 2.5 or or maybe a three but uh, i hear you yeah i went three okay yeah, I, that makes sense. Because, you know, I'd never really key in on commentary like that, but I did in this episode. So I thought that this everything was just I. OK, so I have everything as like a three across the board, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, after hearing it from you that this is kind of a good. This is a good storyline episode, yeah, like I guess like yeah, a, yeah. a, a storyline finisher, maybe because then it's like, that's what you want. You want it's a payoff. It's a payoff episode. There we go. Mm hmm. So it's like it's a good payoff episode for um you know if especially kind of coming off a hiatus the way we are yeah. to get the recap videos and all that stuff to kind of get us back in the groove back in the season and back in like the swing of things the way that they did I thought the commentary was on point and then I'll pivot over into um production and entertainment that I also felt the same with that so I gave it a three because I felt that for what I needed them to do. That's exactly the type of episode that you would want to present to somebody, say, you know, if they were binge watching and it was like going to start up the next mm-hmm. set of episodes. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah. Even uh, how you just said it, like uh, for me as well, like I, I kind of just mirrored my uh, score from matches and commentary. What I gave this a three point five um, for pretty much the same reasons that you said, because in a way even though that this isn't like the season finale, like if this was like labeled as a mid season finale, it would make sense because of how you said, like there was like payoffs to, to everything that we've been setting up so far, but it's, um, it's doing payoffs, but it's also setting stuff up already for the next episode, which I thought was like the perfect blend. Um, but yeah, to me, to me, it, it felt like they, they address the concerns that we had during WrestleMania week episodes or like, yeah, like there was a lot of filler based on the promos hyping up WrestleMania. And then this is going back to normal. And, and I think they did a really good job that, yeah, I, I was entertained that the episode kind of kind of flew by for me after a while. So. Uh, no, same. Like I was watching. That's why I felt like my notes were not that good mm-hmm. because like I got cut up watching it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is this is cool, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. All right. So with our combined score, um, we gave this episode a three point one, and yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's well deserved. On on this on this uh, podcast, we 
say that anything that's a three and above is already like something we can recommend. So I would I would recommend. You know, what's the better part about it? Because then you could swing it both ways. Because if it's if it's under the 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 kind of like the score you want to watch, you say, you know what? Maybe you should go and watch that and figure out why it wasn't as good as the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> It's a good thing we don't have to score our own like podcast because I would say like oh you know every all of our podcasts are maybe like in the fours but nah that's that's too much dude that's like that's like scoring Inception right there bro you can't you, one cannot like we can't score us scoring something else bro it's, that's it's too much it's too much yeah that's yeah. for another podcast to do they'll they'll cover our yeah, podcast they have to watch us it's like mm, you know what i don't agree with that score like that's what somebody needs to do watch our podcast and then disagree with what we said and then tell us why <laughs> yeah that's uh pod podception right there <laughs> telling you that's a podcast all in itself come on man hold up so that will do it for that episode. And on the next episode, um, we actually have a pretty interesting tag team match where it is Byron Saxton and Yoshitatsu going up against Lucky Cannon and Tyson Kidd. So I think that will be a pretty good mix where you have um, you have like the storyline that's starting to build up between these guys and you get the 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 other side of it which they're not involved into their storyline as much because Byron Saxton isn't really involved in that whole Yoshitatsu Lucky Cannon storyline and same thing with Tyson Kidd that I don't know where he's at because I haven't seen him uh, he wasn't on this episode uh, so I don't know if he's like doing another show or another tour um, but it's good to have him back and we'll see like how and I, I really like these this uh this combination of four guys so it should be like a interesting main event to cover it's a really good mix of guys that we got uh for this season for sure mm-hmm. yeah um so that will do it for us here yeah like i like i said i really enjoyed this episode and it was definitely one to to uh recommend and to uh check out um i don't have uh too many plugs other than uh we are kind of trying out a new format here we are um gonna see like if we're gonna balance between the amount of episodes that we put out more frequently versus like the video content just because our lives are starting to get a little bit uh busier especially during the holidays like it's gonna be harder for us to stay consistent with our recording schedule so um you'll see some changes but we'll still try to upload episodes on a regular basis so just a, I guess that was just more like a podcast update than it was like a plug <laughs> updates or plugs tomato tomato yeah exactly <laughs> uh but yeah did you did you have any plugs that you wanted to put out there not even not even all right <laughs> uh awesome well thanks everybody for listening once again and uh yeah for your boy nando kid and you already know already already extraordinarily never really extraordinary Larry Kane. Uh, and <laughs> we will see you next time. Take care. <laughs>